0: Hello, my beautiful book nerds. As of recording this, we have gotten through one week of social isolation, and my school is about to begin distance learning through a virtual school model. I've got to admit that I'm pretty excited about that. I know that virtual learning will have its challenges, but I also know that necessity is the mother of invention. I've been on a few calls with a few colleagues, and I'm really looking forward to how we're going to focus our energies in a new way and center kids like we all know how to do best. So, I co-host a podcast on Book Riot called Kidlet These Days, where we examine the intersection between current events and children's literature. It's a lot of fun, and it feels like the most NPR thing I've ever done, which is pretty awesome in my mind. We're about to record an episode celebrating our first anniversary of the show, but I thought I'd invite you to listen to an episode we just recorded in response to what's on all of our minds right now. On this episode, Nicole Young, that's my co-host, and I discuss the COVID-19 pandemic through the lens of racism and social media, how the virus is impacting school kids and families, and how the kid community is responding. Already, information is changing, but I think this conversation will give you a great light into what the show is all about. Plus, you'll walk away with a bunch of resources Books and authors related to the topic doing cool things. If you like the episode, I encourage you to subscribe to Kidlit these days using your favorite podcast app or go to bookriot.com/slash listen, where you can listen to all 25 episodes of Kidlit these days, ranging from topics including activism, xenophobia, and body positivity, all through a lens of what's going on in the world of Kidlit today. Okay. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Kidlit These Days, a book riot podcast. At Kidlit These Days, we are your kidlit connoisseurs. Sharing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm Matthew Winner, alongside Nicole Young, and we are here to have conversations that create opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's books to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We are recording on March 13, 2020. Nicole, how are you?
1: I'm doing so well, Matthew. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. We, you... <laughs> are you hanging in there? <laughs> is that there? a loaded answer? <laughs> as a as a very, very, very quick recap, I will say that uh, I, t- I, I, I live and teach in Maryland. Um, yesterday, as of recording this, the governor announced um, that all Maryland schools are going to shut down for two weeks. Um, Maryland is one of five states to announce this. Um, and I work in an independent school, and we are... Currently on spring break, but we are actually um, going to be closed for three weeks for now and going to a virtual school model. So it's been, as the librarian helping the tech teachers and the tech team prepare our campus for um, going to a virtual school model, it's been a very busy week. But to say it in a very positive way, I've been impressed with my school's ability to mobilize and just how incredible the teachers are that I work with. They're they are really something special.
1: That's awesome. You, I think, are in the place that a lot of educators in my life are right now. Um, I, we also had school closures announced today uh, in Louisiana.
0: You know, I would if you asked me yesterday what the most frequent question I got yesterday was, it was like, are we taking the laptops home today? Are we getting closed today? Are we taking iPads? Do we have chargers? Like, it was all around <laughs> tech. And today... The question I got asked the most, because we didn't have students. We were just, the staff was developing. The question I got asked the most was when I got home, my four-year-old, who turns five tomorrow on Pi Day 3.1415, she asked, Daddy, is it my birthday tomorrow? Is it my birthday? Do I get to open a present? Tomorrow's my birthday, right? It is my birthday, isn't it tomorrow? (laughs) I'm turning five, right? It was like, oh, boy. And Nicole, this was concentrated into... When I got home to bedtime, like three hours, Mm -hmm. three hours of that question. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) Well, I digress. This week, we are talking about COVID-19. Along with the rest of the country, we're all talking about it. And we have readers around the world at the forefront of our minds.
1: So, so much has happened this week uh, with the developments around COVID-19, and there's so much information to weed through. So, I'm hoping that today we can be a resource to you all, the educators, the parents, the family members, and community members, um, as folks are navigating what's next. Um, as I mentioned before, so here in Louisiana, our governor our governor declared a state of emergency yesterday, I think. And then today, we canceled all K-12 through schools from now until April 13th. And so... Um, I've just been looking up resources today and checking out what the educators and parents in my life has been have been sharing. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot that I wanted to highlight. First, I think um, there's a question, especially for parents who don't have the money or resources to feed kids during the day um, while they're out of school for so long. Right. Those those families that are relying on those breakfast and lunch meals at school. Um, there are lots of school districts um, and school systems and counties and states that are providing free meals, um, throughout the school closures. And so we'll have, um, a link on our page to a list of resources, but also just check out your school's website, um, to see what food resources are available because we want to make sure that, you know, families and kids have food. And actually some of the school districts, um, are providing food boxes for whole families, not just for, for children under 18. So, um, that's something I've been thinking about. Also, resources for teaching while you are closed up in the house for two weeks. I'm sure this is on your mind as well, Matthew.
0: (laughs) How? What do we do with kids when we are really having a staycation? It's a bit like being snowed in. Mm -hmm. That we can still be emphasizing to play and to explore and to learn and to create. But we also have that added complication of many parents have to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Many people are going to be faced with the stress of not being able to go into work because they um, need someone to watch their kids uh, or, or just what it's like trying to work with small kids around. It's not without nuance and complication, but I'm really amazed to see so many people mobilizing online to support teachers, to support parents, to support. I mean, as you're saying, I've in, in my County, they've been sharing how families can access food Mm -hmm. in the County. They've made nine food on the go. I forget what they're calling it. It doesn't matter what the name is for my County, but they announced it on the district website um, that during those school days over the next two weeks, uh, you can go there for, uh, I believe it's breakfast and lunch, those meals that we would provide to those students. So being able to support communities that way who are in walking distance to these schools as well is something that uh, is really great to see those folks in charge thinking immediately of the families and the kids that that need most to, to be able to have access to those Things we take for granted. Those folks that really—that school is something they rely on yeah. for for nourishment, for for care.
1: I yeah, I'm really grateful for. I think probably the educators, like the teachers and the parents, who've who've had to advocate at the state level for these kinds of things to be, like you said, front of mind at the beginning. Because um, this is not something necessarily that um, like legislators and governors think about immediately, and so it's always the the parents, and the educators who are advocating, saying, hey, this is an important thing that leads to things like this. I was impressed at the school districts who are not only providing meals for the kids, but are also, some of them are providing reduced price. I saw, I think it was in Maryland somewhere, they're providing $2 meals to adults in addition to that. And then there are some that are just giving free boxes of food to families. So um yes, I am, I'm really grateful that there is a community-centered response in a lot of this.
0: I think about these schools often are, are buying this food. They have this food already purchased, and now we're suddenly closing. So the fact that we're not just tossing food away, mm-hmm. but we're doing our very best to make sure all of our resources are used and utilized is something that I think we're really seeing the humanity in people. I think that this has also been a time where, you know, we, we talked recently about xenophobia mm-hmm. and about how current events are causing people to react in certain ways. And and it's awful, awful to see how some people are responding with hatred to what's going on with the spread of this disease they're They're responding you know much in the same way made, it has made me think since coming off of Dr. Seuss's birthday, which is what we were talking about and then going into this, it's made me think a lot about like what we were doing in Japanese internment yeah. and things like that, where suddenly we're just assuming that not we. Some people are assuming um, that that this that there are people to blame for the spread of this disease. There are a people to blame for this disease. um, And they are reacting in uh, ways such as on Twitter, I had seen among many things, uh, a defaced Mulan movie poster that someone had spray painted a mask over Mulan's face and, and some other hurtful words. There was an image that has circulated from um, a really great um, Twitter thread that I've followed for a a person on Twitter that I followed um, using um, the username is at angry Asian man I shared. Um, and, right. Yeah. There I you know. go. So, you know, as well, I many, many I have read thousands many of, of us articles. follow, <laughs> but, but he shared a, a photograph of a whole bunch of students, maybe high school age, maybe uh, I'm going to say like 25 kids that were all dressed in costumes that they had purchased. Um, Costume stereotyping, uh, costumes with orientalism on display. Mm-hmm. I can say it that way, though that problematic depiction with, um, holding a cardboard sign up saying Corona time and, um, doing gestures with their fingers, mm-hmm. uh, around their face that, um, indicated, um, hateful, derogatory messages as well. I will say at the same time, though, on Twitter, I saw uh, a number of people saying, you want to get food where there's no lines? This is a great time for you to go and support your local Asian food market. Because there's no lines there, and it's a way to work against the xenophobia that's been going on. So I thought there is that hope, that light, people pointing to, we can turn this around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think for every... Dark spot. There are at least two, right? Like bright spots that outshine it. Because I, I similarly have seen online just people's response um, and encouraging people to like think more holistically and carefully about their neighbors, right? Like the people who are right next door. And we talked about this in a previous episode, right? Like thinking about the folks who are stranded because they're on a cruise ship and can't get off, or the people who can't go and visit their families and are worried about their families in in any country across the world right like there's there's outbreaks all over the country or all over the world rather and like just digging into empathy right (laughs) digging deep into empathy and caring and a community mindedness right like we can create the physical distance that we need in order to be safe while also caring for our neighbors and i've seen so many calls to action around checking in on elderly people, right? And I I got a push on social media and I was like, you know, I need to go talk next door to my neighbors, right? Checking in on your friends with kids, checking in um, on the folks who have compromised immune systems, chronic illness. Um, So I think, like you said, there, you know, there are these darker spots, but then there's also people really stepping up and reminding each other to be kind and thoughtful. And I think that's something that we can share with children, um, encouraging them to just check on people and ask about people and um, make sure that folks in their world, in their in their neighborhoods, et cetera, are are doing all right.
0: You know, you're absolutely right. This is a virus that has exponential growth. We looked at a growth chart today, so that we, as our faculty, could understand a little bit about what it means for something to grow exponentially. Because it's not something, I think, in our working human minds that we can all picture that. No, we're not just gaining another 50 every day mm-hmm. it's it's multiplying um and knowing that a way that we can flatten the curve um is just to be inside but to be in small groups to help in those small ways um, i was really impressed too one light that i saw shining on twitter as well in the children's literature world that caused me to think about something I wasn't thinking about, which is that, you know, there's a lot of industries being affected, but books are no different. Mm -hmm. All those folks with books coming out during this time that had author visits planned or that had um, bookstore visits or they were going to celebrate their book releasing have, have none of that now. Mm -hmm. Um, Movies coming out, all these things have, have, well, I'm not worried so much right now about, movies coming out. I'm much more (laughs) worried about the children's literature community. (laughs) But I was impressed to see... Sorry. (laughs) There is a great James Bond movie coming out. They pushed the date back. But that's not who I'm worried about. Um, I was so impressed to see uh, two folks, in particular, Ellen O. of We Need Diverse Books and Christina Sundhorn-Vant, is a children's book author as well. Uh, They both started... Uh, talks and plans for an online book festival, a virtual book festival to happen in the beginning of May. It's going to be called the Everywhere Book Festival. I'll make sure I link to the Twitter thread in our show notes because as of right now, they don't have a website yet, but they are looking for folks from everywhere to help out. So to all of you listening, no matter what capacity, um, you're listening in as a teacher or as a parent or as a, a kid <laughs> or as a librarian or as a publisher, wherever you are, uh, you can be part of celebrating books and helping share these books to others. So that's that's something worth thinking about, I think. We had brought up to Nicole, that that we also need to be mindful that helping doesn't need to be generating more content to drive kids onto screens Mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. So I would challenge all of us to just consider what's best for children, for the children in your life, the children that you work with, just the children around us. What's the best way to support them? What do they need most right now? I'd be willing to bet based on the conversations I've been having with my colleagues that the thing they need is to know that their world is okay mm-hmm. that there are plenty of adults thinking about them right now and that they can go outside and have fun and talk to their friends and be active and that everything is okay.
1: Yeah, I was I I wanted to highlight that cuz you mentioned it's you know it's like an extended snow break, right? But the great thing about right now is that um, you know, it's weather is turning, and you can go outside, right? And even if, if we're in a, a mode of social distancing or physical distancing, either even, even um, your kids can go outside. Kids can be outside and playing, and so um, and in fact, sunlight and fresh air are perfect during times of, of viruses and crisis. So um, that's right. Encouraging um, folks to you know get get kids out of doors um, during this time while they're on break, um, and they're you know, they're just still resources available that wouldn't typically be available if it were some other type of um, like a natural disaster, like a hurricane or a a snow day. So yeah, reminding people that. And there's a resource, um, the National Association of School Psychologists put together just a a few pages document to talk about talking to kids about the coronavirus. Um, And so there's, you know, just kind of information about how to discuss it, Um, how to structure those kinds of conversations if kids are asking to make sure that they do feel what you said, Matthew, which is assured and feeling like there's an understanding of what's happening around them, all of that, and understanding what they can do to be more safe or to help others be more safe, right? Like, Talking them through how to wash your hands. I don't know if you've been <laughs> looking at all the memes, Matthew. Of all of, did the you watch people. Gloria
0: Gaynor sing? Yes! I will survive. To wear
1: it's so good. <laughs> Somebody uh, there so was an good. Atlanta publication that like published their top ten Atlanta songs that you can just sing the hook, and that's thirty seconds of hand washing. I just I love it, right? So like teaching oh, kids so that you can you know about hygiene and how they can take care of themselves and help protect others through being just a little bit more careful. Um, so again, that was uh, we're going to put that resource on the on the website, but it's the National Association of Child Psychologists have put together um, a bank of resources for for all of those who are interacting with children as we're going through this coronavirus crisis.
0: That's wonderful. Well, you and I are going to get a little bit creative in our book talk segment, mm-hmm. but first I want to share our next sponsor. This episode of Kill It These Days is sponsored by The Sunken Tower by Tate Howard, a brand new graphic novel by Oni Press. Dig is a novice wizard who's having a very bad day. He's been kidnapped by blood cultists and taken underground where he'll make a tasty human sacrifice for an unspeakable monster. But two other captives, Ayana and Krina, are certain Dig's magic can help them all escape. They'll just need to stay one step ahead of the cultists, and Dig will have to come to terms with the secret he's been keeping. Otherwise, he may never see the surface again. The Sunken Tower by Tate Howard is in stores now from Oni Press.
1: Ooh, this sounds juicy. Yeah, this is great. I know,
0: right? (laughs) Taken underground, tasty human sacrifices. Come on. I mean, it really sort of lends itself perfectly to this book talk segment, too, because I keep thinking about, like, if I was a kid that's mostly holed up in my house, what ways could I help escape that feeling of being in the same place? Mm -hmm. Books are certainly a way to escape. But as you were saying, it's beautiful weather. We can get out as well. So we're going into our book talk segment. Listeners, we have a special request from you, which is that I think we should... Be talking online. Use hashtag kill these days to share what books you think readers should be reading while they are, um doing their last checkouts from their schools if they're about to close schools or the last checkouts from the public libraries if that's closing down or just what books they can recommend to one another. Um, you can find what we share at bookriot.com slash listen. Find episode number 25 of Kidlit These Days or you can always, always email us at Days at bookriot.com. So, Nicole, I'm going to start with you because you have some... Um, books that are are really, I think, connected to the topic we've discussed today that'll be good resources.
1: Yes. And I want to, yeah, I want to highlight them first and then we can dig in on like some fun authors to explore while you're cooped up in the house for two weeks. Um, But the first I wanted to share is Germs. It's called Germs Fact and Fiction. Friends and Foes, and it's by Lisa Klein Ransom, and it's illustrated by James Ransom. And I love this book because it is—it's a perfect deep dive into like what are germs, what are bacteria, what are viruses. Um, and it's it's well illustrated, and it's like it's got the little bit of the the gross factor for kids who like it a, like that, you know, like like the to see the pictures of the amoebas and all that stuff. But it's 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 just really really informative, and it has all of the good stuff. Um, and it's a picture book. I would say it's probably best for kindergarten to third grade. Um, but I really like that book. And I strongly encourage folks to check it out if they can. And then uh, Breathe Like a Bear, which is it's 30 Mindful Moments for Kids to Feel Calm and Focused Anytime, Anywhere. And it's written by uh, Kira Wiley. And it's illustrated by Annie Betts. And I love this book. Just I was saying to Matthew uh, before. I was saying this to you, Matthew. I, um, I just think that as we are... Thinking about how to spend time while school is out. Mindfulness is just like such an important thing. It's, a, it's an important thing at all times, but I think particularly right now as we're in the middle of a, a global pandemic, um, just encouraging young people, kids um, to practice mindfulness. And so she has it broken out in categories in this book, which I really like. Um, so it's like, if you need to focus, she's got kind of a meditation and a mindfulness practice for if you just need to focus... If you're feeling nervous, if you're feeling scared. And so she has it broken down um, into like maybe how you're feeling. Um, and and there's a set of practices, mindful, mindfulness practices to support that. So I think that's great for any kid. Um, again, it's breathe like a bear. Um, and I think that those two are, are good ones to have in the midst of this COVID-19 situation we have.
0: Excellent choices. Excellent, <laughs> excellent choices. Why don't we... Not only suggest some authors that folks can just go to the library and, like, literally check out everything you can find by these authors. If you're going to sit and read, what a great time to do an author study by reading up on authors. But why don't we also share for those folks that are listening but maybe uh, don't have access to going out to the library? um, Why don't we talk about some other things that we can do? to provide that access. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, it sounds great.
0: Cool. So I'm going to start with my number one go-to resource, which is your library. Yes. <laughs> Even if you can't <laughs> go to the library, you can access the library's online databases and mm-hmm. digital tools. Typically all you need is your library card and then you can log in to your county or your district's resources. Um, I can't speak for what your library has. I can speak for what mine has. Um, but I know that um, Mind for Children includes not only wonderful resources for research. We have an in, in elementary school level. I can't tell you, Nicole, how, how many children gravitate to nonfiction. They are learning about their world. All they want is answers. I love it. So being able to access... Um, Websites like Pebble Go is a is an online database that's wonderful from Capstone that has um, e resources on all different science and social studies topics. You can get onto uh, World Book or Britannica and look at encyclopedia resources like that. There are resources that your your library will have for uh, magazines, things like. Um, SIRS Discover. We can link to all these. SIRS Discover is something from EBSCO, which is a big company that libraries buy databases from, and that collects current event news articles, um, magazine articles, and encyclopedia articles. A really great way for kids that are having questions about what's going on in the world, for them to find more information about that. Really, really wonderful uh, connection. They also have resources to eBooks, to downloadable audiobooks, there are are resources that your taxes are paying for Mm -hmm. that are here for you even if you can't get to that library. So please do make sure you take time to check out what your library has to offer.
1: You know, Matthew, I have to admit, I did not realize until this past year. So about a year ago, a friend was just like, you know, there's a lot more at the library than you think. And and I didn't realize, you know, as a kid, I went to the library all the time. We checked out books. There were, you know, resources and things available to there. But the library, especially here in New Orleans, has really adapted um, and created so many resources. And every time I go on, I'm flabbergasted by how many things are available for free if you just have your library card? Um, and to your point about like histo- history and nonfiction, um, so my local library has access to um, a set of archives and historical newspapers for New Orleans. Um, and so you can do like a deep dive on history as far back as 1837 here in New Orleans, which is pretty impressive. Um, all online and they have like a heritage quest where you can get your genealogy. They have like an ancestry.com free library edition um, information. So if you've got somebody who's interested in, you know, just doing some like exploration or maybe you give them like a family history project while over this, over this break time, um, at least the the Louisiana libraries have access to a really uh, robust um, genealogy and local history um, database. So.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Another resource that they usually don't put on public library sites, but that many, many, many teachers use. So if you're a parent and you don't know about this yet, this is something you want to make sure you encourage your teacher friends to sign up for. There's a website called Epic, and it has an exclamation point in its title. (laughs) But um, the website we'll link to is just getepic.com, C-O-M. This website was founded by uh one of the YouTube founders actually. Um, and it's the leading digital library for kids ages twelve and under. When you go on to Epic, it's instant access to thirty-five thousand books, learning videos, quizzes, etc. Awesome. I was telling you Nicole earlier that that this is a paid resource for families. And it's really you're paying it's just about like the cost of Netflix. It's it's like 10 or 12 bucks a month, very very affordable. But if you're a teacher, you get access for free. And teachers can create accounts for their students. Oh, I nice. actually as a librarian, and this is also totally okay to do. I have created I have had each of my teachers in the building is one of my students. So when any of the kids in my entire school building want to log on and access books, they literally log on as their their teacher, their teacher's class. Oh. And all they need is a code that it gives you, just a, a six-digit like random code that they generate for teachers. And that gives kids free access to Epic during the school day, which is something like 8 a.m. to 4 PM. So this is free for all who have access to the internet. And it's, it's wonderful. It's it's brand new books. It's books that you could name um, nonfiction titles, fiction titles. They even produce original content. They have books that, that are being published in print, but also exist um, digitally on their site. There's books that will read to you. There are some books that have animations. There are always recommendations that you read this book Here's a video about a craft or an experiment or a song that that relates the the tool. The more you use it, much like Spotify, the more you use it, the more it learns your preference. Mm. So the more your reader uses this website, the more it starts making smart recommendations to the reader. It's a really, really wonderful tool. Uh, And I can't emphasize enough. If you're a teacher, it's free for you to have an account and that account doesn't expire and if you're a parent the cost is minimal or you can encourage your kid's teacher to sign up and share the code with everyone in the class this can be done at any time um uh, so so yeah check out epic it's I love it's awesome it.
1: it sounds like such a great resource i'm in love
0: it also keeps track nicole of how many books the quote-unquote student have read, I told you, we read them as as a class. Mm-hmm. So we're reading books at a much higher rate. But really beautifully, an entire class of 30 kids can be on the same one student account, which is why I'm telling you that you can call an entire teacher's class one kid. Everyone can access. And um, as you read a book and finish a book, you get like credit you earn levels and you <laughs> unlock badges is and you this have this, this little avatar up- for your account that you can change it's adorable
1: is it's this so the updated fun. version remember back and like pizza hut used to, you could read a hundred books way like way, book way back yeah <laughs> is this the updated yeah, version yeah. of this this is like in the modern age this is what we're doing well
0: and to know that that this is being funded not only by those that subscribe which is great that there are people subscribing but it, it's being funded to be able to be offered to free for teachers by these, these folks that started YouTube. So what a great, when we talk about that hope and being a light, what a really cool resource to share. Love it. Okay, Nicole, how else can people get books that are creative means?
1: Um, so we talked about before um, finding a free library, one of the little free libraries in your neighborhood. Um, and there's a website, and we'll put it on. Um, that maps free, free libraries across the country, like the tiny free libraries. Um, so find one near you and you can give a book, take a book. Um, and that is one option. Um,
0: yeah. Cause I, my next option exactly pairing with yours was for the kid that looks at their shelf and is like, I already read everything or I don't want to read these books. <laughs> cool. Meet up with friends in your neighborhood or find a little free library give your books away and get new ones. It's a really great way to just do book exchanges and get new materials to read. It's a really, really easy way to do it. And then it gets you in contact with other people.
1: While wiping down your books.
0: (laughs) While wiping down your books and your children. And the Little Free Library.
1: Spray them. Spray (laughs) everything.
0: (laughs) So good. Um, So why don't we... Why don't you and I recommend three authors each? Can we do that? I know we're sort of putting each other on the spot. We did not prepare for this, but why don't we try to think of, if you can think of, let's go with a, like a picture book author, a maybe like more of a middle grade author and um, then just grab bag, Uh, an author that has a number of books that a kid or a family could just go and check out potentially a whole bunch of books by this author, or maybe they have them on their shelf at home, but but things that they can read together. Do you have some that come to mind, Nicole? Yeah. I have one ready to go when you're ready to.
1: Okay. I have a um, middle grades author who is actually a New Orleanian, and I love her, and I buy her books for every child in my life. Um, her name is Marty Dumas, and she has a series of books. It's like Jaden Toussaint. Those are her books, um, and it's about Jaden. Um, she wrote them originally for her son. And it's all about his adventures. And she also has some books about her daughter and her adventures. And then she just came out with um, a book this past year. I gave it as a Christmas gift, um, which is about a little black mermaid. Um, And so, yeah, Marty Dumas, M-A-R-T-I Dumas. Um, I highly recommend her. Yeah, so the book with the mermaid is called The Little Human. And then she also has a book called The Dragon Keep. So I love all of her books.
0: We'll make sure that we link to those two books specifically, but then um, finding her name is perfect. I want to suggest, this is a little on the nose, but I know that so many kids own Raina Telgemeier's books, but I often wonder if parents have read comics with their kids. I am constantly advocating for kids to read, or for parents to read comics, so what a great time. For kids to reread Raina Telgemeier's comics, Sisters, Guts, Smile, Smile, but parents read them with your kids, and and see what it's like to read graphic novels, and 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 how they've changed since we were young, and how they're just amazing medium for storytelling. So I'm going to go with Raina. raina has got a bunch of other uh comics you can read from her too. She's done a lot of the um the graphic novel reboots of the Babysitter's Club, uh which is um yeah, a, a, another really great wealth of books to to read through.
1: Yeah, I have only read Smile and I love it. And I'm with you. I think that graphic You've novel You've only read Smile? I've only read Smile. Oh my word. <laughs> Wait, do <laughs> you lawyer. read the next two?
0: <laughs> Guts is ugh all of them. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> There, there's a reason why they sell as many as they do, and why so many kids are reading them. I love oh, it. That's great.
1: Um, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I just think that we're in a, like a wonderful age of graphic novels right now, especially for middle grade um, and um, young readers. I think they're they're just fantastic. Um, also, Nicole,
0: I kind of love picturing. You finding a neighborhood kid and being like, "Um, can I trade you some books for for <laughs> Reina's other books? Because I haven't read them
1: yet. I haven't read those yet. Can we trade?" <laughs> and
0: they'll be like, "You need to give me this back, though." <laughs> I love that. Oh, wonderful. Okay, um, we have Marty Dumas. We have Reina Talgemeyer. Who do you want to share next?
1: Um, I don't. I okay. So here are some board books. These are for the tinies. Um, that I really like. Uh, So if you've got pre-K and kindergarten, um, Laurie Alexander has this future series, right? It's like future astronaut, future engineer, future president. Um, And I read this to my goddaughter back in October, and I'm like really into these books. One, because they're really diversely drawn, right? So the illustrator is Alison Black, um, I think for most of the books in this series, and um, the the like kids that are represented, the astronauts, the engineers, the presidents, are all brown and black children in the books, which I think is fantastic. Um, and they're easy reads uh, for your your tinies, and um, I think really good. And I think, everyone's going to be stressed with these two weeks out of school. Um, but in particular, the little littles, um, I think. So it's good to have some board books, some picture books on the menu.
0: Yeah, and those little littles will go through books really fast, fast. but also will reread books. So that's sort of the, the the blessing and curse of them. They go through them fast, but they will reread them. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the bigger ones will will only read them one time. So I thought, why don't I give you an author who writes for everybody yes. that way the whole family can be reading this author there's a bunch of authors that do that i think one of my favorites without question is nikki grimes
1: nikki, grimes. nikki writes
0: fabulous picture books Such good she books. you know rocked the world this year with her her um memoir in verse called ordinary hazards but she writes for everyone and mm-hmm. she is fantastic at it Uh, and she won the children's legacy award from american library association i want to say two or three years ago so she's she's been writing for a long time and has built an amazing an impressive catalog of stories for children so without a doubt you can get books for any age reader on nearly any topic From Nikki Grimes. So so do check her out.
1: That sparked something in my mind. Nikki Grimes made me think of Jacqueline Woodson, who is also an author for everyone. Um, Jacqueline Woodson has done children's books like The Day You Begin. She's done um, Brown Girl Dreaming. It's just like so many Jacqueline Woodson books, uh, Red at the Bone. Um, So she has done picture books, middle grade and um, young adult books. So I would strongly encourage Jacqueline Woodson.
0: Oh yeah, I feel like we're now going down that rabbit hole of (laughs) we name one name and I can't stop naming the next and the next and the next and the next, which is a wonderful place to be. Um, I'm going to suggest in sort of the in between reader area, we mentioned board books. Um, I, I feel confident that there's a lot of easy readers, hopefully around the house. we, We almost always have like, Fly Guy or Elephant and Piggy or books like that, but I want to go just slightly older and recommend um, recommend a book series by Sadia Faruqi, who has been on the show, uh, she was on the show actually nearly when we first started. Nicole, did you know this is very late in the show to say this, but this episode is posting uh, right around our one-year anniversary of this show,
1: I did not know that. This is the so. Bir- Kayla, like...
0: these days, yeah,
1: <laughs> the birthday one year ago,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so the author Sadia Faruqi, has a uh, beginning reader series called Meet Yasmin. Wonderful, wonderful series from Capstone. They've been publishing them four at a time. I believe there are twelve books in the series at this point. Uh, and they are about um a Muslim girl and her family just being kids, being <laughs> a family, doing life. You know, the way we like representation. Yes. That it's um that there are cultural touch points in the books, but the books are universal experiences and just are just wonderful. Sadia Faruqi, she also has a middle grade novel coming out, um with I can't remember the publisher. It won't matter. But um with Laura Chauvin. She's co-authored a book with Laura Chauvin. Um but 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 she's a she's a good one. She's a good one to read. So that gives us six names. That's that's wonderful. I feel like you and I could sit here and talk about a million more. But um I think this is a good, do you feel like this is a good, a good start for folks? I
1: think it is. And, um, you know, there are, again, if, if you're tapping into your library, um, et cetera, there's so many additional resources. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good beginning for a two week <laughs> staycation. In post. And if
0: you can't go talk to your librarian about what to read, ask a neighbor.
1: Yes, <laughs> definitely.
0: What should I read next? Lovely. Are you all at your school
1: giving out uh, like book lists or anything like that, Matthew? I'm just wondering if teachers are thinking about that as well. Like some some lists for reading. We
0: are, I I have been, you caught me right before the wrap up to say (laughs) a library thing, which really fills my heart. I'm just going to say that first. (laughs) It really fills my heart that you're thinking about your librarian. Um, We are, we're pushing Epic a lot. All of our teachers are on Epic. Okay. But. In the library, we are looking at how we can become a virtual library for our school, mm-hmm. for our families. Not that we can digitize our collection, and we don't have money to like invest in that, but rather we are establishing a Google Classroom that all of our families can be invited to where we can read aloud books to families, we can emphasize access to our online databases, we can share book lists. Things like that. We can have a uh, an easy hub of communication to our families uh, virtually. So, yeah, we are thinking about how do we how do we do library mm-hmm. beyond just kids coming to library class? We do it by serving. And so how can we serve if we're not in our physical space? Uh, I'm sure many, many, many other people are thinking the same thing. How can we connect everyone with the resources they want, uh, and the resources they need. So that's, that's how we're doing. I love it. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for joining us today. We always would love your feedback on this podcast. We always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you also help other people find us. Listen, we haven't thought about what episode to do next. We are in the air on our next episode. So I want to strongly encourage you to reach out to us, uh, using, our email, at bookriot.com or hashtag Days on social media. You can find me on social media, Matthew Winner. I'm at Matthew Winner on Twitter.
1: And you can find me, Nicole Young, on Twitter at IttyBittyNY. Also, if you want to tell us what you're reading right now while you are on Corona uh, break, let us know.
0: That's a great idea. Please do reach out. We read every email. We check every tweet. We would love to hear what you're thinking about, what you'd like to see next on the show. And on that note, may your coming days be storied, and may those good stories keep on coming. We know you value what you put in front of your kids